This is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast on which we watch very special episodes from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and now 2000s as -hmm. of today, and talk about what they have to teach us today. Yes, today we are breaking into the new millennium with That's So Raven. This episode is called Five Finger Discount. It's season three, episode five, originally aired December 3rd, 2004, written by Dennis Rinsler and directed... By my friend Rich Carell. Rich Carell, I Hashtag saw that. Be my friend Rich Carell. <laughs> I put two exclamation points after his name in it's my notes. <laughs> delightful, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to get familiar with his work. <laughs> you can watch this on Amazon Prime Video for a dollar ninety nine. I don't know about you, but this is the first "That's So Raven" episode that I'd ever heard about. Heard about? Or I'm what? sorry, I ever watched? Uh, yeah, I think this is the first one I've ever watched all the way through. Too, I was definitely too old for this show mm. when it aired. Even though I had younger siblings, they were too old for it as well. Uh, we did watch a lot of Disney Channel, but that was in the heyday of like the MMC Kids Incorporated yeah. Disney Channel. K I D S. Yes. Yes. So this was all all Raven to me. Although I knew the premise of the show. Yeah, um, somehow, just kind of through the zeitgeist. Which, if you're not familiar, That's So Raven is a pretty standard family sitcom led by Raven Simone, is mm-hmm. her name, Raven who Simone. was uh, the tiniest child on the Cosby show for she a bit. little Olivia. Olivia. It's, it's when Rudy was not quite precocious not enough. Not quite cute enough. <laughs> um, and everything's pretty standard by this uh, by sitcom standards, except, oops, Raven can see the fucking future. Yeah, but she's a little bit psychic. Um, a little bit. Not in a super useful way, just no. a a little bit psychic. But we'll talk about more about that after we get to our snack. Ray, so we're going real standard fare today with our snack and doing some straight up animal crackers. Mm-hmm. I had a conundrum when I got these oh. because I wanted to get some original animal crackers to celebrate the fact that they just recently have stopped making animal crackers depicting animals in cages. And now they make them with the animals running free. That's great. It is great, but they're Barnum's animal crackers. So does some of that go to Weird. Barnum and or Hugh Jackman? <laughs> the greatest show cookies on earth? Maybe I don't know, but it it kind of weirded me out. So I just got some generic organics brand animal cookies. Yeah, these are vanilla flavored. Although I don't know what's the difference between a vanilla and a regular old animal. That's I, I feel like they were they, all, always been vanilla. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure they were always going for vanilla. All but. right, let's go. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying and the shooting and the dying and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think just, just like I remember. Just them. like I remember, I had to put them across the room because animal crackers are something I could eat like four hundred of. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the point of them. Mm-hmm. It also, they disguise themselves as crackers when they're very they clearly cookies. cookies. Nice um, try. And I think that it's good parents give them to kids because kids don't. Kids, even if they're very picky, are like these. Just taste like perfect little nuggets of sugar and bread. Yeah. They even make on the original and on this one a, a tiny handles. handle so yeah. your child can just carry this around. Yeah, like your child ain't eating all those in one go. <laughs> it's 2018. This 
animal crackers and Cheerios are the official snack of church. Oh, it's a good point. Yeah. This is not, this is the least sinful thing we could find <laughs> on the shelves. So Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. <laughs> let's do it. Um, fucking literally the first thing I had to, I start this episode that I immediately have to pause it because it assaulted my eyeballs. Yeah. Every scene transition and establishing shots in this episode is this like punch in the face montage of, of San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco, <laughs> bitches. It's like, uh, uh, that's as loud as I will ever be. Miles, you don't need to turn it <laughs> Did I blow out your eardrums? That's how my eyes feel now. Yeah. It's just, it's just really hyper and it's just, you can't even constant, you can't focus in on what the shot is. You barely see like half of a trolley. Was that a trolley? Oh, China? Was this Chinatown? Yeah. Oh, it's a, the bridge. Oh, okay. And here's the other fucking thing. This family lives at the corner of Hate and Ashbury. Why? Why in the world do you need this family to live at a cultural touchstone like that? It's the only place in San Francisco that people know, I guess, like by name. I don't know. Sure. Then they live in like a beautiful big Victorian house, which is very San Francisco as well. Sure is. It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Like, I, mean, I guess just, you know. Especially considering one of the parents is not working right now. So they, it, how they're affording this mortgage is, is maybe on shakier sure. ground. The dad's a chef. That's not mentioned in this episode that he's a chef. Um, but also, fuck you, counterculture history. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sitcom right on your face now. Right. This show ran for four seasons, 2003 to 2007, 100 episodes. Very significantly 100 episodes because the this was the longest-running Disney Channel show, Oof. and it held that title until Wizards of Waverly Place in 2012. The Disney Channel had a 65-episode cap Weird. for all of its shows. It would make five new episodes a week for 13 weeks until they made 65 episodes, and then they would cancel the show to make way for a new property. That's Now we've got 65 episodes of that. We're going to run them on our channel in syndication forever. Like We already have a place for them to go. Let's bring in a Lizzie McGuire. Let's okay. bring in a Wizards of Waverly Place. Sure. Because they control everything as opposed to people who are out there trying to sell a show and yeah. you know then they're they're the producers and they're the network and they're creating it they're I'm, just like let's get our 65 episodes and start running the reruns and get the new thing in with the new cuter younger kids i don't want to be a cynical about big business and how they work but i'm willing to bet that that has there's there's something in there where if you only have 65 episodes you don't have to give the same amount of syndicate royalties to the actors and creators mm, probably not. as you would if you make it all the way to the hundreds with 100 right. which is usually the standard yes. syndication number however that's so raven was so popular that they ended up letting it go for 100 episodes and it held the title of longest running disney channel show until wizards of waverly place hit 106 episodes mm. in 2012 hannah montana came in a close third with 99 total episodes. Oof. The show was immensely marketable. Mm -hmm. They had tie-in junior novels. They had bedding sets. They had perfume. They had video games. They marketed the shit out of it every way they could license it. Sure. They did. That's a very Disney thing as well. Like, That's let's so Disney. Let's spin off a bunch of products. That's so Disney. And then it was the first Disney Channel show to warrant a spin-off, which was called oh, right. Cory in the House. Followed the life of Raven's greedy and scheming brother, Corey, played by Kyle Massey, who moved into the White House when his father became the president's head chef. Sure. The spinoff was not anywhere near as popular as That's So Raven. That's So Raven currently being revived with a sequel show called Raven's Home. Right. 
now Raven Simone is the parent. Uh, best friend Chelsea from the original series, also a parent, and they live in a full house style arrangement with their three combined total children in San Francisco. One of the kids is is also psychic, in addition to Raven being psychic. So sure. that shows on the air right now. It should have been called that's even more Raven than it was before. <laughs> that's Ravener. That's <laughs> that's so very Raven. So. Um, yeah. Fun, well, just quick fun fact, Please. because we're not going to... We're going to need all the fun facts that we can get. <laughs> we're not we're gonna... almost done with this podcast episode right now. <laughs> we're not going to see the high school in this episode, but the show was written by Michael Porius, who also wrote on Saved by the Bell. They used the same school set, and they called it Bayside High. Fuck me. But, that makes even more sense. <laughs> but this Bayside is located in San Francisco, not... Near a bay. L.A. <laughs> as opposed to Los Angeles. No bays. No bays. Um, so anyway, that's fun. Jesus, we don't I actually didn't... go to the school in this episode, but if we did, you would be like, hey, those hallways look exactly like Saved by the Bell. Oh, I'm just saying that this, this whole... There's no bays in Los Angeles thing in the immortal words of Joe. Mm-hmm. This has me shook. That's what, didn't that what Gertrude Stein said? There's no bay there? <laughs> I think she did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so let's get, let's get into this goddamn episode. Yeah. So we start out and uh, lest you forget, we're fucking San Francisco <laughs> punch. And we, uh, su- we started in this, uh, this family house in the kitchen where mom is studying for her first exam in law school. Yep. And she's freaking out. Raven comes downstairs. She's trying to be quiet. So therefore, because of comedy pratfall laws, she knocks over every pan, pot, lid, spoon, and spatula in the kitchen, all of which are metal. And that sets up the level of comedy we can expect for the next it half is. hour. Well, they have to set up the fact that mom is having trouble and she needs to concentrate and dad is trying to get her to calm down. And Raven literally enters the scene just screaming <laughs> and yelling at the top of her lungs, which mm-hmm. if you that's what you're doing every day. Yeah. First thing in the morning. No, no, girl, get out, get out. So they're like, "Hey, first things first, shut up." Second things, <laughs> second thing, second, we're all helping out around the house because your mom's going back to law school, like we all agreed. And your what's your job? And she's like, oh, "I got to go wake up my brother Corey." Mm-hmm. And so she goes up to do that by screaming. Yeah, and then so. he's screaming, and they're both screaming, and it's all screaming. And mom's like, "Maybe going back to school was a bad idea." And I'm thinking, maybe having kids was a bad idea. Maybe, maybe the first time your kids screamed at the top of their lungs and thought it was acceptable, and you didn't say something, right. maybe that was a bad idea. And dad's like, "No, hear no, that, everything. everybody at my laundromat? <laughs> do you hear that?" Important thing to note about this show, so Raven Baxter, as we said, is psychic. She gets these flashes of the future, but they're completely out of context. They usually cause misunderstandings Mm. and get her into trouble instead of what you would hope a psychic gift would do, which is to help you get out of trouble. Sure. And importantly for the plot, everyone around her knows she's psychic. Her two best friends, her parents, her brother. Her parents know she's psychic? Mm -hmm. Everybody. Sure. Right? I don't know. Well this done. is, I, I, I always, I got the feeling that yes, her brother knows because she mentions the vision to him later. Raven's she has a vision in front of know. her. She's psychic. Wow, it just auto-populates. <laughs> people who know Raven is psychic. There's a list of like 40 people on here. They can't just say the parents do or don't know. Her mother, her father, her brother, done. her best friends, a teenage actress, a doctor, her grandmother, who is also psychic. All right. A, Chelsea's former crush named Ben. Uh, Zach and Cody from The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. <laughs> of course, the president, Santa Claus, a parachuter. So everybody knows she's psychic, basically the that's entire world. Fantastic. So that's the whole cold open. The cold open is, hey, let's scream a bunch. And then we're into the, the theme 
mm-hmm. uh, the opening credits to this, which are just meant to get us used to the idea that that Raven can see the future. Yeah, and there are lots of disguises. And That's lots a feature of, of the show. She's constantly. Raven Simone is a physical comedian. She is a kind of now. Bear with me. She's going for a sort of Lucille Ball kind of wackadoo, always trying to do good, but getting in a mess and having to put on a disguise or get into a a fake situation or lie to people in a funny way to get out of a mess that she's made for herself. Mm -hmm. So that's the sort of model here. So she's constantly, and this episode will be no exception, getting into some problem because she saw a premonition of the future, which she misunderstood, Mm -hmm. and then having to don a disguise to get out of it. Uh, Chelsea, that's all nice that you summed that up for us, but I believe that we should defer to the expert on summing up this uh, action, the theme song itself. It's true. Are you going to sing it? No, I'm going to dramatically read the lyrics oh, okay, for you. Fine. No, Maybe Miles it. will put music behind I it. I just, just listened to me singing that Christmas song, <laughs> the He-Man special, which I was trying to do poorly, but I nobody know that. Hey, <laughs> but like you, know really what's, for you know what's clearer about this show than the He-Man special is who knows whose secret identity. There you go. There's, we, we figured it out in less than a minute. So here are the lyrics. If you could gaze into the future, you might think life would be a breeze. Mm-hmm. Seeing trouble from a distance, yeah, but it ain't ain't that easy. I try to save the situation, then I end up misbehaving. Yep. Hey now, what you say now? About to put it down. Yeah, come on and ride with Ray now, and the future looks great now. Mm-hmm. And everything's going to change now. Let's rock. Let's rock. Here we go, that's so Raven. It's the future I can see. That's so Raven. It's so mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. You know what's fun about this theme song is Raven Simone and her castmates are singing it. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's fun. Raven Simone put out an album, lest you, lest you think. Oh, she was one of the Cheetah Girls. They went on tour. They did concerts. She was. She's had a legitimate singing career, adolescent singing career. The the her first single is "That's What Little Girls Are Made Of," featuring Missy Misdemeanor Elliot. There you go. And written by Missy Elliott. There you go. And Chad Dr. Seuss Elliott. All right. That's all we got. Chad Elliott. Uh, yep. And also there's a song called Raven is the Flavin, Flavor. Why did we get into this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Raven wormhole of the internet is deep and vast. Uh, well, it does. Hip hop teddy bear. Watch what? out. We, after the theme song, after we hear the actors thing, singing the theme song, which I've, I think is a pretty interesting and unique thing. I don't know sure. where else that happens. We have the, we're back, we're still in the kitchen. Chelsea and Eddie, who are Raven's two best friends, come over to the house after school. Chelsea is super dumb, and Eddie is a wise cracking uh, dude. Yeah, we don't and have a lot of time for them this episode, but no. that's their modes, and they do it every single time they're around. Right. They're drinking a bunch of sodas, trying to win a mystery prize, and Raven has a premonition of the future. She sees the prize, and un- unusually for the series, we don't see what she sees. Right. Usually when she has a, a flash, we the audience sees what she sees. But this time, she has this moment, she sees the prize, and then she's like, we're going to win it. And then immediately Chelsea wins it, and she's like, I have the winning... C- can golden ticket like like all right so i used to write plays chelsea and i both used to write plays back in chicago and my friend uh steve atanisi and i 
uh, wrote one about supervillains that don't have very good powers. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones, uh, one of the supervillains that we thought of was a supervillain that can only see three seconds into the future, <laughs> but also is easily flustered. Yeah. So <laughs> no matter what happens, he's like, oh, there's a, there's a, and then that's it. Yep. This reminded me of that. It's like, what a worthless power. <laughs> hey, we're going to win. I won. Cool. Cool. You could just shut your mouth for a couple seconds, really. They go to collect the prize, and this is going to be our B storyline. Mom's law school thing is a C storyline, barely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this this mysterious prize is the B storyline. They go collect it. They get it within 10 minutes, this national soda company contest. Sure. Um, I'll, is, I'll say but, this is the this is the C storyline, and the, the A is Corey's you know, mischief, and then B is Raven having to take care of Corey. Are they not the same? It's it's not. Look, it's not, it's a bit muddled, yeah, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. The family needed to come together and cover for mom, we'll say, is the B storyline here. Sure. Anyway, this prize is a storyline that we are following, and they go to collect it. We don't know what it is, because and this will be a running gag. Raven says, oh, it's a... And then the door shuts behind her. Yeah. The ne- very next thing we have is the call to adventure. So Corey, the younger brother, best described as scheming in that good old Disney Channel younger brother way. Sure. Is hanging out with his little friends in a store at the mall, and it's like a little, like a Claire's style accessory store. There's like keychains and novelty glasses. There's like and toys and stuff. Watches and it's a bit of a toy store. Yeah, and so one of them, whose name turns out to be Daryl, of course it Darryl. does. Of course it does. I bet with one R. <laughs> they uh, several Ys. Daryl steals something, and Corey starts screaming, "He's stealing! He's stealing! Call somebody!" And I wrote, "End of the episode." Yeah, I guess really should have been it. Also. <laughs> The, all right, so the whole thing is like it's a gang. It's the the shittiest gang. I call them the bad influence crew. Well, they call themselves the cool crew. And one <laughs> of you is right. <laughs> and guess what? They ain't very cool. It's just these like four dudes who are wearing really. And they're 10. You know, yeah. they're young. And so they're in this toy store and it's like Daryl. There's something problematic about Daryl. And, and we'll get into it here in a moment. But Daryl says. Hey, there's a big sale going on today. It's a five-finger discount. And they have to explain what a five-finger discount is, which is stealing. Yes, in case you don't know. Yeah, parents at home. If you hear your (laughs) kids say five-finger discount, it means stealing. Also, it means you're in the 90s somehow. (laughs) Yes. It also means... Look into it. Maybe let that one go. There's a lot of terrible shit happening today. (laughs) You stole a keychain? Cool. Did you get one for me? (laughs) Share with your brother. We don't have kids. Yeah, no. Um... I think if I did, I would teach them not to scream all the time. <laughs> First. Yeah, especially at the laundromat down the street from where I live. <laughs> Jesus Christ, everyone. It feels really personal. It's super personal. So, yeah, and the first thing that Corey does, once they've finished explaining it to him, the first thing that Corey does is scream, they're stealing. <laughs> which is, should be the end of, like, hey, we want you in our gang. <laughs> right. Exactly. Also, there are lots of adults and a security guard in the store, yeah. none of whom cares that this kid is screaming that his friends are stealing. for a minute. He's like, yeah. they're stealing over here. Here, look now. <laughs> so, also, I'm assuming this store for the rest of the episode. I just have to assume they have no security cameras because yeah. the rest of the episode can't happen. And if they a do. lazy security guard. So here's the problem with Daryl with three Y's and <laughs> one R. Every other line that Daryl says, he has like a really uncomfortable 
a, a urban accent yep. to him. This is a little blonde-haired white kid wearing, yep. you know, relatively fancy generic clothing. Every other line is like, hey, 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 you got to do this, Corey. And then he'll be like, Corey, we're just stealing. And I think what's happened here is, <laughs> a little behind the scenes, if you're doing a three-camera show, your regular sitcoms, what tends to happen is you rehearse that sitcom and then you perform it live for two audiences. You do it uh-huh. usually two times or three if you don't, the first two aren't great. And then they take those two live performances and edit all of that together to make the episode that they air. So I think what's happened here is Daryl in one of those performances does an incredibly thick and vaguely <laughs> <Good> offensive <laughs> a vaguely <laughs> offensive urban accent. And then they're like, hey, Daryl, stop doing that for the second one. Because he says in, in two lines in a row are, Corey, you're not going to punk out now, are you? And then, hey, hey, if you're scared, you can run home to your little milk and cookies. <laughs> and it's like, Maybe he, whoa. the kid... The character is trying on his wise guy accent. <laughs> Could be. Am I making it sound like an Italian accent? That's because that's the only accent the I can do. You only do the one. He's doing like a thick inner city accent that a, a small white child should not be doing. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Um, um, in case for some reason you don't know who Raven Simone is, she is African-American. The family is African-American. Yeah. Corey is African-American. Right. So it is uncomfortable to watch this little white kid do this weird um, appropriated accent yeah, in front of this black kid that he's trying to convince to steal in a mall. And be part of the cool crew. Right. The bad influence crew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the cool with shitty a accent crew. Cool with a Zach. Um. <laughs> so they eventually peer pressure Corey, which takes no time at all. No, they say, if you want to hang with us and not be thought a punk, you need to steal <laughs> something. And he doesn't want to be made fun of. So he steals this little monkey key ring. The other boys accept him. The audience ooze concernedly. Yeah. And that is our crossing of the first threshold. The call to adventure is... <clears throat> Did Daryl call him to adventure? Kind of. Ugh. I mean, it's... Daryl intro- introduces us to the special world, which is the world in which Corey steals. Now, Corey is always scheming and kind of trying to, like, get um, more than his share of things, but they have not resulted in crimes up to this point, those schemes. So this is a special new world, and Corey is obviously a hero. The journey is a little bit muddy, but the call to adventure is, hey, do you want to steal this? And he's like, yep, yeah. I guess so. Truly um, the cool crew is this siren song <laughs> causing Corey to crash his ship upon the rocks. Upon the rocks of crime. Um, <laughs> hey, Corey, <laughs> crash your shippy here, saith Daryl. <laughs> saith Daryl. Right, so Daryl. We go. We, do you see how we're padding this out, everybody at home? <laughs> do you see how we're like, let's talk about other stuff? <laughs> it's because we're almost done. So we go back to the house. Yeah. Um, they and and here's the runner again, and they have the mystery prize, but we can't see it. It's outside. It's outside, and we see the the characters looking at it, but we don't know what it is, and they're describing it pretty vaguely. Right. Um, Here are the clues we get. Yeah. It's it's outside right now. Raven wants to have a day with it first. Yep. They think it's cute. They want to take it to the mall. They say they those aren't allowed at the mall, and then they say, "But this one is." And then they say, "Don't get it wet." Yeah, you, did you figure out by the end of this what this is? I have an idea. They never tell too. us. Let's save it for the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll get there. Those are the clues, people. See if you can put it together at home. Right. Put on your thinking caps. It's not a gremlin. If you don't have a thinking cap, 
go steal it from a store <laughs> and then put it on. It's gremlins you can't get wet, right? Or no, feed it after midnight. What can't you get both. wet? Those are both things that apply oh, to okay. gremlins. Okay, but it's not a gremlin. It's not a gremlin. All right, so Corey, Corey comes home and Raven is upset that he's late. And he says he was, this is where Corey says he was hanging out at the mall with Daryl and the cool crew. Yup. Um, he Such seemed conflicted. Uh, Corey, se- look, they are kids. The Corey seemed yeah. conflicted about stealing the keychain in the moment that he did it. But now that he's back at the house, he's like swaggering about it. He tells Raven that the cool crew is cooler than you'll ever know. He is he is twirling his <laughs> ill-gotten monkey keychain upon his finger. Right. He admires the keychain, and then the next thing we know, he's up by himself in his room. It's nighttime. He admires the keychain some more, and then he puts it in a drawer. Yeah, he's still jazzed about having stolen this one thing and i'm concerned about Corey now like, <laughs> maybe you need some activities in your life right. like, ah, he's he's just like he comes home he goes up to his room and he starts laughing and then he puts on his pajamas and still by the time laughing. we catch up to him he's still going ah, ha, 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 yeah, five lot, finger discount a lot of laughing ha, ha, ha. all right time for bed I, I gotta get some sleep if i'm gonna laugh about this all day tomorrow right. my laughing muscles are getting sore <laughs> time to rest Corey goes to bed, and the monkey comes alive. We, um, have, a, we have a dream. Well, secret. it's a real Stevel situation. Oh, it sure There is. aren't any wavy lines or anything visual oh, to indicate right. this might be a dream, though there is a weird effect on his voice when he starts talking. Yeah. And, and he's very disturbed because the monkey comes to life, and it's rattling the drawer that it's in and his chest of drawers. And then he goes over and opens the drawer, and the monkey is enormous, and it's shouting, monkey thief, monkey thief. Uh, I'm at him. Guessing, even though uncredited, I'm supposing that this is the voice of Rich, Rich Carell himself. Yes, legend to the podcast. Rich, Rich Carell Carell. Lo- loves a dream sequence that you don't know is a dream sequence. Yeah, fuck you, kid. Says Rich <laughs> Carell. Give me that money. And then uh, Corey it's, it's is genuinely horrifying. By the way, <laughs> yeah. And if not... you were a kid, it would be terrifying. Or if you have a problem with things being bigger than they're supposed oh, to be. Oh, if you're an Andy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a mega megaphobia. Oh, you have a name for it now. There is a name for it. You and my other friend, Chelsea, uh, not that your name is Chelsea, my name is Chelsea, and also Ravenstone's name is Chelsea, other Chelsea. I'm glad you've cleared that up Are the only two two people that I know that have mega... Megaphobia. Megaphobia. Which is generally, I'm people being upset by things that are just generally large. Like, people can get upset about, like, buildings, Mm -hmm. which makes it a little tough to get around. Yeah, hard. There's a there's it also extends to people like myself who get uncomfortable when things are of disproportionate size. Mm-hmm. I have misophonia. What's that? It's when certain sounds like... make you irrationally angry or scared. Like what? For me, it's when people are eating and I'm oh, not eating. Sure. The sound of someone eating. Wait, you're okay with people eating while you're eating? If I'm also eating, then it doesn't bother me. Mm. But if someone else is eating especially if it's amplified, the sound of someone eating on the microphone makes me want to burn down buildings. Yeah, same. same. That's why you'll never hear it on this podcast. That's a guarantee. Uh, This has been Neurosis Corner. And now back to the episode. I'd like to think this whole podcast is Neurosis Corner. (laughs) true. And now Um, back to the other side of Neurosis Corner. So the the monkey is screaming monkey thief, monkey thief, which makes Corey scream. He's screaming just... uh, I'm not a monkey thief. I'm not a monkey thief. I'm not a monkey thief. (laughs) Then we transition back to the real world. He's having a nightmare. This is a manifestation of his guilt, obviously. He's woken up Raven. She comes in and she shows him that there's nothing in his room, this this monkey is just a small keychain and he kind of laughs uneasily and Raven's like shut up and go back to sleep done end of act one like we needed we get one earlier but we really could have used a 
oh, I still feel guilty about things. Right. Like standard stuff. But it's fun if we don't because yeah. act two, Corey is awake again and Corey, it's the next morning. Yep, down in the kitchen. Corey is awake again because it's the next morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so act two starts. We're back in the kitchen. Corey's up. And he's freaking out about his own guilt. Everything is making him jump. His conscience is so guilty. His dad says, stop monkeying around. And he's like, what? why did you say monkey? What do you, what do you know? And his mom is discussing, is like reading about a case in her law textbook. And she says something about stealing. And he jumps again. And he's like, well, why would you say stealing? He's so sure he's going to be found out. Yeah. He's, he's, his conscience has gotten the best of him. He was visited by one ghost. Right. The ghost of <laughs> the a monkey keychain. Ghost of monkey thief. Present. Present. <laughs> um, the parents leave, and Corey shakily, comically shakily, pours a glass <laughs> yeah. of orange juice. Raven notices this, and she's like, hey, you seem to be freaked out about something. What's up? And he's like, I can't tell you. She's like, you can tell me anything. And he says, okay, I stole a monkey keychain. And she verbally abuses him. She's like, you thieving little monster, or something yeah. like that. And um, he, she's been like, I'm your big sister. You have to, you can tell me whatever you did. And then immediately she's like, you're the worst. And he says, all the other kids were doing it. And she says, you're a spineless little punk. Yep. Great sistering it's here. Good. I mean, it's funny, especially just Raven snarling, you spineless little punk. <laughs> like right on. So Corey says, he's so guilty. And, and his, his, his talk with Raven, his being called a spineless little punk has worked. Right. Also, mom telling him that stealing is stealing no matter what it is. Right. And uh, you can go to jail for it. Corey's has like, seemed to affect him. Even though Corey's gotten away scot-free, he's going to go back and return the keychain. Yeah. I mean, there should be cameras. Just because you walk out with something doesn't mean that later some someone's going to not knock on your door. There aren't in this do you, show. Do you think they're going to come after him? They're gonna, Look, to make an example of him. How many officers do you think they've got? They're going to him in the mall square. On the, on the monkey snatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> monkey snatcher. Gadzooks the monkey snatcher has struck again. This time sock monkeys are missing. Oh, the what monkeys. will be next to the zoo? Monkey Snatcher was at the video store and stole every copy of King Kong. I thought Monkey Snatcher Two was an improvement on the on the uh, I think format. So too. Monkey Snatcher One was a little. Well, I don't even recognize Monkey Snatcher Three. <laughs> um, so Raven then convinces Corey, and he promises to return the keychain to the mall and never steal again. Right. And she says, "Okay, I won't tell mom and dad if you do that." Yeah. And so. Corey runs out the door to go to the mall to make right what he has wronged, and Chelsea and Eddie come over with the mysterious prize, which they, again, it's literally outside. And before Raven can spend any time with the prize, she has a vision that Corey will steal again and be caught this time. So she runs out of the house after him to stop him slash save him. Right. And then, oh no, the C-plot is getting away, and Chelsea and Eddie chase after it. Yeah. Still not see what it is. Have you figured it out at home? Time's a ticking. Yeah, right. We only got a couple scenes left. So now we're back at the mall, and we are approaching the inmost cave. Yep, that's right. We're already here. It's the inmost cave. What happens? (laughs) Did I fall asleep? (laughs) Do I have a long beard now? Um, At the mall, Raven is spying on Corey. She's in the store. He doesn't see her. It's a small store. (laughs) He doesn't see her. Um, She sees him return the monkey keychain. He just puts it back on its little rack, and she's proud of him. She's like, good job, Corey. But then the bad influence crew shows up. And they try to get Corey to steal again. All right, man. Here's the (laughs) proof. 
problem here. Yeah. That now is, there's a problem? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so weird. I didn't notice it until my second time around. So, yeah, they want they want Corey to steal again. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, I don't think I want to do it. But Daryl says, hey, man, here's the deal. That security guard's about to leave, and then there'll be 10 minutes before the next security guard comes on. So they have scoped this place Daryl out. Daryl has cased the joint. They're about to pull off a shit toy heist. <laughs> like, this is this is a fucking toy store. This is a real ring. This is a real toy thievery ring. And the, the amount of toys they can... Steel in 10 minutes is only limited by the size of their pockets. Is it a, is it a crime ring pop? Yep, exactly. <laughs> there we go. exactly what it is. I feel okay about that. <laughs> I feel like there's something better. But you know what, Daryl and your cool crew, we'll find out. They end up getting away with just the shittiest toys. The worst. Anyway, so Corey declines his part in the heist. Yep. Uh, and Daryl says that he isn't cool, nor shall he be a, for- a part of the aforementioned crew. Right, and he says... I'm leaving. Corey's like, I'm getting out of here. And they say, Daryl says, we'll tell everyone at school that you take bubble baths if you don't steal with us. And Corey goes, how did you know? Which (laughs) did make me kind of chuckle. Here's the thing. I I realize now that Corey, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's in that eight year period in everyone's life where you don't think bubble baths are awesome. (laughs) Like (laughs) between zero and 10 and 18th and the day you die, you're like fucking (laughs) bubble bath. I think he's 18. Uh, I think he's <laughs> 10. I mean, like, I think he's 10. Yeah. Any any time between then, you're like, bubble baths are the worst. And then you wise up again. It's like naps. Until you're like 12, you're like, I'm not taking a nap. Naps are, naps are, that's my prime afternoon time where yeah. I should be out chasing things and burning things and jumping on yeah. things. And then you hit 13 and you're like... I just want to take a nap. I better take a nap or somebody might make me go out and chase something or jump over (laughs) something. They can't get me if I'm asleep. (laughs) So Raven sees this going on and she's like, oh, no, this was my vision that he would steal again. Obviously, that's about to happen. I'm going to help him out and make sure it doesn't happen. So she needs a disguise because that's how we're going to solve problems nine times out of ten. She steals a mustache and some sunglasses. She what, what's a mustache? She steals them, but she's sure to tell us they're a loner. Yeah, that that works. Yeah, in crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she takes off a little mannequin head, uh, a mustache, and some sunglasses, yeah. and then she leaves for approximately fifteen seconds and kills a security guard. She comes back in wearing a security guard's yeah. full uniform. And maybe she's got blood all over her hands, but she says <laughs> JK, so they can't prosecute her for right. it. She's got a belt, which I'm assuming has a gun on it or a taser. Something. She's got a walkie-talkie. She's got a badge. What, what she's got a hat. She's yeah. got the whole security guard uniform that she took from someone. They've they've done their due diligence here. Here's what's happened: is the other security guard who is is very overweight. They've shown yes has left. And he's gone now. Was she break into his locker or something? I'm assuming that they leave their their uh, their uniforms in the employee lounge, uh, and I'm assuming she's taken his security guard uniform because it's comically oversized. It's comically on her. oversized. Best case scenario, she's stolen a uniform. Worst case scenario, she killed that guy. Yeah, I mean, either way, with her mind. But, um, do you think she's got other psychic powers? In a couple Maybe of episodes, those are she secrets. in a couple of episodes she briefly can, according to um, some stuff I read. She has the power to read minds, okay. but it only ever lasts for like one episode and then it goes away. 
Wow. It sounds like a convenience, a convenience of plot, a plot convenience, yeah, as you if think? you were. So um, Raven comes back in and, and she is dressed as a security guard with mutton chops and a mustache and yep. sunglasses. Big sunglasses. And Corey knows pretty immediately that, that it's his sister. I'm assuming because she dresses up all the, all the goddamn right. time. And here is the twist which, if this were the Marvel Universe and we were tracking when people become aware of certain positions and certain facets of their power, this would be the point at which Raven realizes in a very loop-de-loop way that is totally glossed over that the cop she saw putting her hand on her, putting the hand on her brother's shoulder in her vision was herself, yeah. and that she has caused her vision to come true, and the vision would not have come into being if she fir- first hadn't had the vision. Yep. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The, the, the universe of, of Raven should have... It's have, collapsing in on itself. That's so paradoxical. <laughs> yes. And she says, oh, this is a new wrinkle or something. She's like, oh, this hasn't happened before. And then we go right past I it. i got to imagine that happens all the time in this. That's... So anyway, she is the reason that she had the vision. Her yes. future self is the hand she saw in her brother's If she hadn't seen the vision, shoulder, she wouldn't have gone wouldn't there. Have gone. But if she hadn't gone there, it would be a vision. It's a real chicken and egg situation. Yeah. She starts screaming at all the little miscreants. And this is... <laughs> she does. And this is the supreme ordeal. Mm. And she's like, this one obviously is the ringleader and she's kind of got Daryl fingered as the ringleader. And then... Uh, she and her brother are like, all right, let's let's get out of here before we both get into trouble. And oh, snap, a real security guard shows yeah. up. He's like, put your hands up, which, look, I... Raven drops her pants. Look, she's been holding those pants up. Wow, wow. Number one. Number two, kids kids aren't just going to freeze when a security <laughs> guard comes along. I think we've all gotten the point that security story. guards are just people like you and me. And all they can do is stop rent, or rent I'll a cops tell you to stop again. Derogatory. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, all these kids are freaking out now. Yeah. And Raven goes along with her like, I'm totally a security guard. And thing. she gets away with it. The other security guard is like, okay, sure. Great. And so then the the real security guard says, everybody empty your pockets, you bunch of little shoplifters. And Corey is the only one without any contraband in his pockets. Yeah. And so she says, okay, that guy's free to go. And Raven's like, I'll escort him off the premises. And they both get out of there, but not before Raven drops her pants again and wah, wah. trips. Yeah. That's just kind of how she walks, apparently. Also, that's how you end a scene. Yeah, so... They they cut to a, a separate shot of these kids emptying their pockets onto a table, and they've taken, like, a super bouncy ball. Two of them have taken shattering teeth. Yeah. What? what? Is it, the 60s? <laughs> we're the cool crew. Those we are time at traveled. Most, even now at most 50 cents. Yeah, maybe. Like, they've stolen... Hey, somebody left this like twenty-five cent machine at the oh, the, uh, right. we just the knocked, front of the grocery store over open. Those eggs. Yeah. Quack. Yeah, it's a real amateur, childish, you might it say. It sure is. Uh, stealing ring. There's a bit of a rewards consequences moment before Raven is bad at walking, where she says to her brother, "Hey, I'm proud of you," and he says, "Hey, I'm grateful that you had my back." And Done. it's like, oh, they usually are fighting tooth and nail, so yeah. it's cute that they have done this thing together and now they're both getting away without uh, harsher repercussions. Done. Then we uh, go back to the house to wrap up our other storyline. Yeah, I mean, this is done. The episode is, is the episode proper is finished. Yep. We've learned a single lesson. Which yeah. was don't steal, I guess, because then it. your guilty conscience will keep you up all night. I'm delighted. Based on like the, the last few episodes we've been doing, this is just... 
simple. Yeah. We're just finished. Yeah. <laughs> we could just, we could just, you and I could just be like, goodbye, see you next time, cool. bring snacks, the end. And then it's also like, hey, you would think if you could see the future, it would make your life easier, but you still have to deal with all family problems and growing up problems and friend problems that regular teenagers have to. Just because you have this advantage doesn't mean you don't get a free pass to get out of I mean, stuff like this. The the lyrics at the beginning tell us as yeah, much, yeah, Chelsea. True, true. So yeah, there's a little tag at the end of this where the friends come over and they, they tell Raven that the mystery prize has gone. It's dead. It's dead. And she says, oh, you got it wet, didn't you? I never got any time with it. They're like, oh, we have this picture, though, and someone's finger is over the lens, and you can't even see the prize in the picture. We're told that. We don't get to see it. It's No, they show the picture. Do they? Mm-hmm. And we never got to know what it was, and Raven never got to spend any time with it. What do you think it was? Robot dog. Me too. Yeah. End of caring. That's what that's, I wrote. That's really it. Uh, yeah, I say, okay, that's, that's everything. Goodbye at the end of my notes. <laughs> I wrote, I think it was a robot dog. End of caring. I think that, absolutely. <laughs> end of caring. Yep. <laughs> the Raven Simone story. <laughs> the, the one thing that tips you off is like, Let's take let's take it to the mall. You can't take him to a mall. Well, this, this one, one you can. can. Uh, sorry if we didn't give you all the clues at home. Guess what? Uh, we we solved the case of the shitty mystery on <laughs> right. our own. Just so we don't not do any sort of real world backup for this or context for this episode. Sure. I did do a tiny bit of research about teen shoplifting. Fantastic. Um, there are approximately 27 million shoplifters or one in 11 people in the U.S. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than 10 million people have been caught shoplifting in the last five years. And approximately 25% of those shoplifters are kids. Okay. And 55% of adults who shoplift say they started in their teens. And most often is not a premeditated crime. 73% of adults... And 72% of juveniles, that's basically the same, say they didn't plan to steal in advance. Something just came over them in the moment they decided to shoplift. They're caught an average of only once in every 48 times Holy they shit. steal. Some good odds, kids. Good Get out odds. there. And are turned over to the police 50% of the time. Oh, shit. Kids, watch out. Yeah. Uh, habitual shoplifters steal an average of 1.6 times per week. This is from a shoplifting statistics article that I read that I will link to because I have to do some sort of research. We got to make this count for something. Well, here's a, here's a big question, Chelsea. Yep. Have you ever shoplifted? I knew you were going to ask me that. I did go through a shoplifting phase. A phase? In my 20s, though. Oof. <laughs> I didn't ever do it when I was a kid or oh, a teenager. No. But it was a very specific shoplifting phase, which was... I can't believe I didn't tell you this. You we used to live together when familiar. I was probably around this time. I used to shoplift from restaurants. So, like, little dishes, little appetizer skillets, or cute sh- salt and pepper shakers... That sort of thing. Okay. I would get like a to go, and then I would put the a little dish in, in in with my yeah. So I still have a bunch of like little condiment dishes and things so that came from restaurants. Really paid off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Life. Did you ever get caught? No, really, never got caught. And I then mm. I it escalated to a point where I <laughs> yeah. was in a store. I stole a whole restaurant <laughs> one stole time. Stole an entire restaurant. I was in a store and I was like, I'm just going to take these earrings. And and I was like, oh shit. And I didn't. But I walked out and I thought, if you get caught shoplifting when you're 15, it's a slap on the wrist. It's like a, well, kids are impulsive, yeah. whatever. If you get shoplifting, caught shoplifting when you're 25, that's a real bad look. Yeah. And I just stopped cold turkey. Well, here's my suggestion is just never mention that to anybody ever. <laughs> 
to make sure nobody ever knows it. Uh, yeah, so let's send this out to all of our best friends who listen. Chelsea did it! Chelsea's thief! Chelsea stole! Mm-hmm. What about uh, you? Did you ever go through shoplifting? Too? I shoplifted one thing one time. Okay, which was? Pack of cigarettes. Oh, that's uh, real hardcore. Is it? No, it wasn't because I was uh, 14 or 15 at the time. And at that point, they kept cigarettes out in the open. There used to be little carousels of cigarettes oh. in the grocery store. And also, I lived in a swamp at the time. And they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't Basically trying to like food. Yeah, they like everyone needs these. <laughs> they were. Yeah, they were in the produce section. <laughs> it's like you could weigh the amount of cigarettes that you got. Ooh, these are fresh. Be like old ladies like by, tapping the pack the of cigarettes. Pound. These are ripe. With cancer. Um, just that one time, and I felt miserable about it. Uh, and I assume I would have kept going, but even at 14, I looked like I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Or I looked tall enough that I was in my 20s. Also, the convenience stores in Fancy Gap didn't care. Like, I I was more freaked out about this than anybody. I was like, can I, please, could I get some cigarettes? And they're like, yeah, how many do you want, sir? And they were like, monkey thief, monkey thief, <laughs> monkey thief. Um, Chelsea, what did we learn here? What did you learn from this episode? <laughs> I mean, yeah? oh, no, I did learn something from this episode. Please. Uh, when mom is reading from her law school textbook, she oh. c- cites a case that says if you have an apple tree mm-hmm. and an apple from your tree falls over on your neighbor's side of the fence and you go on their property to get it, even though it fell off your tree, it's stealing because it fell onto their property. And I said, oh, I didn't know that before. I legitimately learned a legal, uh, a, a little legal tidbit in this episode. Well, while you were talking, Chelsea, I looked something up because I hadn't learned anything at all. Uh-huh. During that specific moment uh, in the episode... Corey, who is still freaking out about having stole something, right. is like, I didn't steal a monkey. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he says, monkey apple. I didn't steal a monkey apple. And you think he's making it up. I've just learned that monkey apples are real. Huh? Uh, Nona glabra, a tropical tree. Yeah, so it's not even like a for real apple? It's just a little apple. Yeah, it's a little fruit from a tree. Um, they're called pond apples, hmm. swamp apples. Swamp apple. Corkwood, bobwood apples, or... Monkey apples. They grow in Florida, the Caribbean, South America, and West Africa. Common in the Everglades. So I've just learned a lot about monkey apples in the last five minutes. If you're anywhere near the Everglades, get out there and get you a monkey apple. Mail us a monkey apple. We'll eat it for a snack. Yep. Oh, also, uh, they're called alligator apples because American alligators eat them very often. (laughs) Fun. Um, What did you, uh, who did you want to hug? If we had ever seen that robot dog, I'm assuming I wanted to hug that. Yeah. They made fun of that fat security guard relentlessly, mm-hmm. and he's just like doing chilling his job. out. Just doing, well, but no, he's, he's not, not doing really. his job. He's playing video he's games. He's mostly chilling out and eating or playing video games, but that's no reason to, you know, make fun of him or plan heists around him. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean plan heists around, around him. him. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'd hug around him. Around the circumference of him. Or a robot dog. I would, I would like to hug Raven Simone. Okay. Just because I feel like she has done, 
she's been in the public eye since she was a little little kid. Yeah, and she's done a really great job of uh, continuing to work. She was on the View, and um, before she left to go do uh, the new Raven, that's even Ravener show. Mm-hmm. And I just read this article about her because I was doing a little bit of research for the episode. She is gay. Um, kind, of, she came out a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and had, says she knew she was gay since she was twelve, but she felt like because she grew up in this Disney Channel spotlight, that wasn't going to be an acceptable part of her brand. So this whole time she's filming the show, she knows she's gay and she feels like she can't come out to the world. And so she's dealing with all that on top of the pressures of being a child star and all these things and everyone's expectations of her. And she manages, it seems like she's managed to keep it together really well in a way that a lot of child stars, including sadly her co-star, the guy that plays Eddie, who's in... Just did an, oh. an episode of Dr. Phil. Like, he's got a lot of mental and substance abuse and Yikes. and um, uh, legal problems. Believes Michael Jackson is his father. Oh, no. All kinds of stuff. Uh, has four kids, doesn't know their names. It's a real bad Ugh. scene. Um, so, and then he's like, in the interview, which I watched a piece of, he said, I'm really going to, I'm going to ask Raven to marry me. I really want to marry her. I just don't know how to ask her yet. And I want to be like, she's gay. Yeah. Um, There's... Here's a hint. There's no way you can ask <laughs> There's her. There's no way to ask it that the answer will be yes. Um, so I want to hug Raven because in this moment, she's going through a lot and she's keeping it together real well. She's got a lot That's of true. poise. Yeah. And so uh, I'm a fan. Awesome. That's it for this. Uh, thank you for, for sitting with us on this easy breezy beautiful cover girl episode <laughs> that we just did. Thank you so much for joining us for the last 27 episodes of Hugging and Learning. We are have come to the end of our first season. Yeah, absolutely. We made it all the way through an entire season. And Yay. we couldn't have done it without you. And we couldn't have done it without ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't have done it without Miles. And we couldn't have done it without Snacks. Yes. So thank you to all of the things <laughs> we've just listed, especially Snacks. <laughs> we are going to take a short break while we prep for season two. Mm-hmm. We're coming back at you with... Some exciting episodes, exciting snacks, and exciting guests at the top of the next Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Um, so look out for that. In the meantime, why don't you write us? Uh, maybe suggest some episodes. Yeah. Tell us some stories about how some episodes have affected you. Yeah. Or if you've noticed something maybe we didn't notice, please write in and let us know. This is right. This is the podcast to be outraged about missing uh, factoids and such. Right. We have a lot of great episode ideas for season two, but mm-hmm. we don't know everything. And if there's a show that you're dying to hear, about or an issue that you're dying to hear about or a a teen pop guest star that you feel like needs exposure from the 90s then just uh, drop us a line and hugging and learning podcast at gmail.com or visit our website hugging and learning.com and get in touch and by all means keep sending snacks yes please we can't do the whole snack thing by ourselves people we need your help and we'll give you credit on the air it's not like we're ungrateful we'll worship the ground you walk on (laughs) on the air So once again, thanks so much for being with us for season one. We're looking forward to season two, and we hope you'll be there. Yes, see you for season two, guys, in a couple of weeks. Bring a bunch of snacks. Yeah, bring more snacks. Yeah.